Welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Kathy. And uh, welcome to episode 178. Today's episode is going to be a hobby day. Um, While well, we're waiting for the rest of the cast to come back, by the way. So, shh, don't tell anybody. Oh, here comes Kathy. Shh, don't tell her. <laughs> there comes Kathy. Uh, we're back, Kathy. Welcome to episode 178. I've already introduced you. Um, your voice sounded really, really good. I, I think I, I think I nailed your tone just right this time. Oh, I'm I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, we can always, you know, if we want to, you know, we can always do, you know, this again. I mean, we can always true. we can always Bernie that's, you. That's true. <laughs> I feel like That's we need one of those for each of us. <laughs> a Bernie. Perfect. Yeah, we a each Bernie need for all one of us. those with the exact same glasses. The exact same yeah. glasses over all of us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm John. I already got you. You're you're too late. He, I, he, I I got yeah. your voice spot on too. I mean, people didn't even notice. They were. I like, think oh. they probably noticed the empty uh, seat. And yes, Legionnaires and early booze o'clock wasn't a bad idea since Gonzo didn't know how to wait. <laughs> true. That's true. Uh, I couldn't wait. You know, Legionnaires did warn us, and we were like, blah 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 blah. I'm just Gonzo was like, blah 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 blah. That's fair. And I thought it. he was gonna wait for me. No. This man waits for no one. Do you see this? Alex is not disappointed in you. Um, everybody's always disappointed on me. What are you talking I mean, about? I still forgot to grab my whale shark, but it's okay because V and Gren are off playing Har Harlan's Heroes, their Monster of the Week campaign over on the Pyro Club channel. So that's a thing that happens over there on Sunday nights. Yes, it is. While we stream, so I never get to see the entire first half of their of their adventure unless I watch the VOD. So, um, this is episode 178. Um, let's get all the business out of the way so we can get started. Uh, we want to thank Creature uh, Caster. Um, they, we are a creature creator. Kathy will be painting up some of their models, uh, especially the Scissorine of Desire. Um, and that will be what she's be working on. Also, uh, they are planning to come to Warfare Weekend this year um, and do a booth and show off... Uh, Judgment Eternal Champions, a.k.a. Judgment 2.0, uh, and do some demos of the game there. So um, kind of looking forward to that. They're also going to be sponsoring some events and giving prize support, which would be really cool. Um, I want to thank Muse on Minis for hosting the channel, putting it out there, making it where everybody can see it and listen to it and do all that cool stuff. Um, because we don't, we don't, don't just do it here. We also do videos and uh, audios, so you can find us on any platform. We want to thank uh, Metalhead Minis, Lynn Stahl, the badass lady that she Lynn. is. Lynn Yay. is an awesome lady. Uh, she actually uh, sells a few products of ours. Uh, you can find like dice and widgets and other things. Um, you can find it on our channel. A link should pop up in the chat soon. Um, also, Tectonic Craft Studios, Dan the Man. He uh, unfortunately will not be at Warfare Weekend this year, but is still going to do some sponsoring and provide some cool terrain for a couple of the uh, tables that he wants to sponsor. Um, didn't miss anybody, did I? Oh, don't forget that if you go to Muse on Minis, 
Um, they are having some new products come out, and if you use the code more than dice, all one word, you can get a percentage off of what you buy from them. And that helps the podcast and helps us and helps them. Did did you mention that Tectonic Craft Studios is streaming on his Twitch channel now too? Oh, that's right. Uh, Dan is streaming on his own Twitch channel, so you can find that. Uh, if someone one of the mods wouldn't mind sending that out, that would be appreciated. Um, other than that, John, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, well, you know, and as fast as I could possibly make it, even though you weren't waiting, <laughs> I uh, made a uh, whiskey mule using the last of that uh, uh, Japanese Suntory whiskey, Toki. Cassie? I'm just drinking wine. What kind of wine? I'm drinking wine out of a coffee cup. Cabernet, oh. white, red. It is just white Zinfandel. Uh, I am still working on my bottle of McCollin 18, some good old scotch type thing. So uh, we do have a few uh, tributes uh, this week. I know, and I think I forgot to send it to, to y'all, Benson from the Night Court. Um, I can't remember his name. and I, I accidentally got rid of it. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, the, no, the, uh, the bail, not the bailiff, the, the assistant, the... Uh... Back? Yes. Yes. Oh. Yes. Eric Benson, I think is what his uh, his real name is was. Um, oh, he was a great character. Yes. Well, I mean that was a pretty good, uh, pretty good sitcom overall. It was. It was good writing, all the way around. And of course, my favorite episodes. Well, some of my favorite episodes were the ones where John Aston showed up. Macintosh Robinson was his real name. Uh, passed away on July 11th. Um, but I remember he was best known for his role that he did on Night Court, which was a very interesting sitcom. Um, different and weird, all the same. So uh, full of sexual harassment. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I was watching it recently and I'm like, oh, yeah, wow. I get you fired. That'll get you fired. Yep. That'll get you arrested. There'd yep. be some lawsuits happening all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, there was... It, 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 it goes back to show that some shows you could just never make again. And some shows no. are just a product you, of yeah, their time. Yeah, you couldn't make it like that. It definitely was mm-hmm. a product of its time. But yeah. it, it is funny still. There are still those funny moments. Yeah, it, 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 was, uh, it was kind of interesting... Because we were talking about other shows. Like, you could never do Blazing Saddles. Blazing no. Saddles could never be done again. Uh, Anything by Mel Brooks is being on. That's yeah. pretty um, close to... You could probably do Young Frankenstein again. Yeah, you could probably, yeah. Balls. Oh, Young Frankenstein, yes, definitely. It's, but yeah. definitely, like, you know, Blazing Saddles, no. Well, that was sort of the point of Blazing Saddles. Is he was sort of, yes. you know... Put it all out there like, hey, I, y'all, this, this ain't okay, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was making a point to make a point. Um, who else? Oh, uh, Bismarcky did pass away. Bismarcky. Um, which is, he has one of the, my most favorite songs, Just a Friend. And that's one of my favorite songs to sing, because I can actually sing on key with that. Um, oh, me too. <laughs> that's the only thing I can sing well. I have no idea what that is. Oh, my gosh. That's like his 
his his claim to fame on uh, you know that's that's what set him into the atmosphere. Was that apparently like, I've just been listening to too much of the Glenn Miller Orchestra to be <laughs> on top of the things all the new kids are listening to. Oh, it's it's. <laughs> Yeah, it's giving okay, unfair on the event horizon, but uh, no, dude, uh, it's that's not new by any stretch. No, I mean, uh, early nineties. Yeah, it had to be early nineties. Uh, give me a second here. Ah, uh, the nineties. I was isolated from entertainment in the nineties. Oh, okay. My yeah. my entertainment. Nineteen eighty nine. Ooh. Eighty nine. Also, I will send you a link to it, and you can listen to it. Because, I mean, it's just, it's a classic. Apparently not classic enough. Uh, I mean, things can be super classic, and people could not be aware of them because they were disconnected from media. But in 1989, I wasn't. I mean, if you didn't hear this, apparently you were. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I was listening to good music. Oh, shit. <laughs> when you hear Bismarck Key, you'll go, yeah, I know why I didn't listen to this. <laughs> it's not a for good the song. same reason that I didn't listen song. to New Kids on the Block. Yeah, totally different reasons. Yeah. One is actually crap. The other one is almost ironically hilarious, but he's and he, he's doing it on purpose. So you're yes. like, it's ironically hilarious. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a whole new section, and like I said, it's one of the only songs I can sing on key to, and rap rap on key too. <laughs> yes, that's the best way to put it. Um, didn't uh, I? Don't know what either. You know why they passed away, but they, that was the two things that I know of. John, did you have anybody? No. Um... He had suffered a stroke in April 2020 after going into a diabetic coma. Yeah, so he was not in the best of health. Yeah. He's also a big dude, which is, you know, I guess that's a problem for big dudes. So take care of yourself, everyone. Um, also, guys, please be careful out there. Still wear your mask. Uh, get your vaccine shot. Um, make sure that you're taking care of each other. Kind of still separate. There's, you know. Things going People are on. still stupid and there's stuff going around, so let's be careful. There, there is. There is. Just make sure you take care of yourself. Um, there's too much crap going on. Um, cheers? Cheers. Cheers. Hold on. I need that. Do we have a topic? Uh-huh. A Rathu. Not stupid. A Rathu. Oh yeah. I yeah. missed you so much, Rathu. It's so nice to see you. After me, is that Gonzo email a, a topic by any chance? No, she sent me the lettering for y'all. Are you still the king of Norway, Rathu? So, so the one thing I wanted to talk to is um, we were talking about one thing, and it kind of hit me while we were uh, doing this, that, you know, a lot of us are still hanging out with, or not still, are starting to hang out with people that are, uh, other, other people that are vaccinated in safe type spaces and stuff. 
and um, setting up a lot of things for Warfare Weekend, it got me thinking. Um, you know, because I contact people and I use like a Google Doc sheet and, you know, Google Calendar. Like, hey, if you haven't heard from this company by this date, send them an email. Um, if I haven't heard by this company, you know, so on and so forth. Just to kind of, you know, make sure I keep tabs of everything going on. Kind of my job. Um, and I contacted uh, someone and they were like, man, I am really having a hard time right now. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, some things are going on with my life and everything. And I'm like. And it kind of hit me because we never know what truly is happening in someone else's life, um, you know, in the background, so on and so forth. Um, so we need to start making sure we cut people some slack. And that's kind of what was I was going on, because whenever we go back to gaming and we go back to playing games a lot more and a lot often, a lot more often. You're not going to remember everything there is to remember about that game. And. <laughs> You're not going to remember every single rule. You're not going to remember everything that's going on. I mean, it, it, for a lot of people, it's going to be like it's brand new playing like you've never done it. Uh, so, like, John, you started playing back, correct? Yes. Uh, how is how, Has there been any learning curves or has there been any, oh, I've got this right, right in my hand. I'm going to be able to get this and, you know, get, I, I've got the rules down pat. Having only been three games into Marvel Crisis Protocol or so when it started, yeah, I know the rules exactly as well as I did when I left off. Does everybody else know that? I mean, it seems that way. That's interesting. But remember, we also, you are discounting a certain something that people started playing games remotely, be it on, you know, one of the, uh, it was it Tabletop, whatever, Tabletop Simulator? Yeah, or, Tabletop. Or in our case, Sal Marshall set up the table in his basement with cameras, so we literally see Marshall moving the models around, and they're playing the game. And, yeah, when those started, we had a couple questions, but it's the same questions we would have had if we'd been playing at that appropriate point, because none of us were super experienced, because just as we were getting into it, we all locked down. Yeah. For the most part. Now, when Malibu starts back up, we'll see, but I'm not the best person to ask. I don't really have a lot other to focus in my life aside from remembering rules <laughs> and stupid bullshit. Well, I know that there's been a lot of people that are saying, you know, that they're they're ready, they can do it and stuff. And I'm like, when I went to one of my tournaments not too long ago, by the time I was done, I was like, man, I'm exhausted. Physically is different. We're not used yeah. to the same physical toll. And you may, people may laugh at the physical toll of playing a game, but standing up around a table for a long period of time, especially a tournament, that's not, you know, that actually takes some physical effort. You're not used to standing all the time. We sit down for most of our jobs nowadays. So it, it's, it, you have to exercise. You have to get back into fighting trim, so to speak. What? No. I actually, yeah. uh, did not exercise today because I stayed up too late last night. And I was just so, oh my God, tired this morning. I just said, you know what? I'm just going to eat a donut from yesterday. <laughs> donut sounds really good right and now. And not exercise. Banyan, donuts! I don't expect that to work. I mean, I ate a, a half of one, but to be fair, it was a long john with chocolate maple frosting and bacon on oh. it. So I cut it in half and I ate half of that. Ah! Flip the desk. Eat donuts now. <laughs> Sorry, John. All right. I Stadion, had donuts this morning. Did you? 
You help a John out? Oh, I, I, I had a breakfast sandwich this morning. I waited 17 minutes for it. It wasn't worth it. I had donuts, a kolache, and... Well, I don't know what a kolache is. Uh, it is... Like a Danish... A kolache is it's like a pig it's like a pig in a blanket type. It's like a Polish Danish. Yeah. Can you spell it so I can look it up? K o l a c h e, I think is what it is. Yes. Wow, it's a different thing down south. Up yeah. here. Yeah, it's up like a here, sausage. It's Polish and it's pastry that is like a Danish. It has fruit. Yeah, so some have fruit and some have meat. Yeah, the ones up, the ones down here are pretty much like a uh, a Czech, little link sausage, about you know four or five the inches long. And you're putting sausage in everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is the south. <laughs> oh, Kathy, I haven't put sausage in anything since my divorce. <laughs> yeah, but you don't live in Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Or Alabama. They put that shit in everything. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then you take it and you have like a doughy <laughs> biscuit around. <laughs> this one's going out to Arathu. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they have jalapenos on them. I try to keep out eating this well away from it's myself. It's like I'm never going to eat a kolachki again. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it is a salad. Oh, God. I oh, think God. I killed them. <laughs> I got to close this picture with my eyes mostly closed so I don't see it again. <laughs> all right. Whew. All right. We're good. We're all good here. How are you? <laughs> pew 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 pew. So, but I mean, I had to hydrate. <laughs> no, no, not taking that one. <laughs> oh, I have to often have to hydrate, put my sausage and things too. All right, we done. We're good. All right, we're back. But, no, I mean, it was just, like, people are thinking, because, you know, I'm, I'm gearing up for Warfare Weekend and trying to get some stuff done. And people are saying, you know, oh, I'll be ready to do 20, 30 games in a day. And I'm like, nah, no, sorry. no, you're not. 20, 30 games in a day. Oh, yeah. There's people Six, that are saying. Five, and I am rough at my heyday. Six, then, and I want people to just to go away and carry me to dinner. Any more than that? Y'all crazy. Oof. Crazy. Yeah, it was just, that was like, I was like, y you don't understand. No, you're not. I mean, I only did, like I said, back when I, when I went to Metagames, I went and did, I think it was four games. And it was actually pretty casual and slow. And it was, I was, I was dead. At the end of the night, I was like, my legs are jelly, my brain is jelly, all okay. that type of stuff. Boy's here. I mean, honestly, like, I remember one tournament, I'm pretty sure it was five games, and at the last game, I think one of the reasons I beat Badeon for the finals was the fact that it was game five, 
and he was like not in the right head space. I mean, it's at that point it's about endurance more than playing the game, and that's uh, a thing. So everyone's like, tired at a tournament always. Is one advantage card games and board gamers have over over miniature gamers? Their tournaments are shorter. Each match is shorter, shorter, and they get to sit down. Yeah, I was. Yeah, if you weren't gonna say that, I was gonna be like, yeah, you you sit down. Arathi says never done more than nine standard 2K army size Age of Sigmar games in one day. I choose life nine. God nine, nine is is too many. I've done I nine mean, Blood Bowl games in a day, and that was some shit. Oh, oh. I mean, okay. Kathy, I've we used done to Blood run, Bowl tournaments, and yeah. We used to run a Blood Bowl thing because there were only three of us who played, so we had all the teams, and we had divisions and everything in a schedule, and we would just play the teams. We had like maybe one or two that we really liked, and we would play them every time, and then so we'd rotate guys in, and the three of us would just play. Yeah. I mean, time turns. Time That's turns are a fucking thing. Uh, I just posted a link in the channel because this, I guess, let's talk about this for a second, Kathy, because this, I guess, was all about you and your stream. It, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> I mean, you know, I was streaming. As usual, like but you do. But I didn't say it. Captain Mizzy didn't say it. It was it was somebody else in the stream. I don't know if Mizzy got a screenshot of that, but you know, things get said in the chat. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so I guess, um, you know, goes Trasharama. Of course, Trasharama said it. I did exclaim your name though, Captain Mizzy. I was like, oh, you have to, yeah. It is a real T-shirt worthy. Oh, it is oh, a yeah. real, real T-shirt. I even put Gonzo and put his head straight up on this one, so it wouldn't be. You know, I should probably go back and just edit this and put the shirt, no. put the Gonzo upside no. down. Leave I mean, Captain Izzy. If you are... want Captain Izzy to stab me to death, sure. <laughs> Wearing that shirt too, that would be poetic justice. That would be poetic justice. <laughs> I should probably, I should probably go in there and edit it and put Gonzo upside down, my winky face upside down. It'll be okay. Think we should do that. We we cannot be a hundred percent sure that what happens in the chat stays in the chat. <laughs> yeah, so, we're not Las we're not Las Vegas. We talk. Yeah. So from what I understanding, so I'm sitting at home working on some stuff, or I was playing a game. I can't remember. And I get this text over, and uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, I guess you were joking around about turning your camera upside down for a minute. And everything, and like the chat flipped out on you that you were going to do this, uh, and so it came out. I friends didn't even. Like I. What did I? I know that you you like maybe joked about it or something like that. I, I did something. I had a. I don't even remember. I did something, but it had nothing to do with turning my camera upside down. But yeah, it was. But, uh, but they said that, you know, I got this message saying this needs to be a t-shirt. Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> do it now. Your, oh, your paint camera. The paint camera. And so we decided we went ahead and went to uh, Spring and made this t-shirt. You can buy it in all the colors and all the different sizes. 
Um, so you can have whatever color you want. Of course, uh, I'll probably get the yellow one just to make everybody really, really happy. Yellow um, is, is pretty obnoxious color as yes, a t-shirt. Yes, it is. And so uh, we decided we would go ahead and make this t-shirt. Um, uh, the funnier part, Gonzo, is I heard about that in my stream later that day. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. I did not know that. Yeah, she came by and she she told me, and I'm like, that's hilarious. Um, Minion, I feel like I need it in hot pink. Uh, I wanted to turn Gonzo upside down. I was overruled. Um, and I did try to do Gonzo in yellow, but it you looks really bad. You mean we really saved bad. your life, right? Yeah. You mean we saved your life? Uh, the the word Gonzo in yellow did not look good, and it was been it had been you know, it looked really bad. Trust me. That's because yellow. Yellow is an awesome color. Don't diss me. That's my. It but it's really not the bad. right kind of yellow. Yellow is a sometimes color. Yellow is an always time color. Negatory. Always. So. So we did. We did make it. So you can buy it. A uh, portion of those proceeds, of course, will go to the podcast, um, and we will definitely make it where I can control Kathy's camera and John's camera a bit more. And, Good luck uh, with that. <laughs> turn him upside down. I think you definitely domesticated. I absolutely who, have the power to switch that at will. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, it's not going to end well for you, Gonzo. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yes, we did make the T-shirt. I I do like it in black and purple. Uh, the black and purple versions are really good. Oh, Rath, this is yellow and white are the worst colors. Ask any mini painter. Oh, you know, yeah. I can paint yellow. I can paint yellow. I have painted Imperial Fist plenty. I, I chose light, but I can still paint yellow. But, yeah. I usually take and paint yellow with an airbrush. For if, I'm, if I'm doing like an all-over color, like you said, the Imperial Fist, I'll airbrush that shit. Because hand-painting yellow, to me, is hard as hell. I don't airbrush. Uh, I don't so, airbrush. Yeah, You're I also the goddess it. of painting, so I mean... Oh. You 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 work magic. When I paint yellow, it looks like boogers are sticking to it because it clumps so bad and it's so hard. Well, that's the second time that your boogers are not has come up today. <laughs> well, it is Gonzo. I I just find it odd. Just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. You've always cried after water out there. Painting yellow. Painting yellow. <laughs> I found out that just airbrushing yellow is the best thing. I, I can't, I can't do it. Gato is moistening the brush with his. He doesn't lick the brush. <laughs> Sticks in his nose. Guess a little maybe, bit snot. Maybe that's your problem, Gonzo. <laughs> that's, oh, that's, I don't, that's I don't no know what out. it is. I mean, yellow. I mean, you have to really, really thin down yellow. I mean, honestly. Because whatever it's made, you know, however uh -huh. they make it. Start with brown. Well, I'm just saying it, it, it goes on. I mean, it's very and it dries really quickly, like white. White dries out really quickly. You know, if you're not putting it on a on a palette or anything. So, if you tried water and done your paints, they'll work too. Which talking about new paints, did y'all see that there's a new paint set coming out? I did post Maybe. it. I did post it on our Facebook page. Um, which I don't check our Facebook page. What are you crazy? Yeah. I mean, we took our Facebook page. 
We have a Facebook page? No, we don't have a Facebook page. I know that uh, my buddy Eric Polo, who's also a subscriber, actually just got uh, monument paints, and he is singing their praises. Uh, well, I guess Duncan Rhodes is making his own paint line. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw that on Twitter. Um, I'm interested. Eh? I'm interested. So, uh, I am not part of the cult of Duncan Rhodes because I don't didn't really care about GW in that time. I mean, but he seems like a fun dude, and I'm happy that people like him, but it's just another guy making another paint line. Do we need another paint line? Not really. We, you know, we do, but it needs to be oil paint. <laughs> so, uh, for, for, for those people that like to use oil paints. So, when are we doing the more than dice, more than dice oil paint line? We are not doing more than dice oil paint line. <laughs> I didn't say that we need a paint line, but we, as a general populace of oh. miniature painters, be the need, change you want to see. <laughs> we need a miniature paint oil paint line. Irons it, are in the fire. It's going to be interesting. Of course, they've got a big name behind it, but I mean, is it? Is it going to be, like someone said, is it going to be super expensive? Um, is it going to be comparative? You know, what's the paint line going to be? It is going to be in dropper bottles. Great. That's great. Well, I think only two companies are stupid enough to keep doing stuff out of dropper bottles. Yeah. Um, is it going to be good? Well, we won't know until we get our hands on it. I will probably pick up like a core set if they have a core set or something, just so we can uh, test it and see. I mean, I'll try some. I'll use a little yeah. bit of everything anyways. But... But it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I did see that, and it was like, mm, I want to test those out. Uh, eh. New paint lines don't get me excited because, honestly, I'm obviously doing fine enough with the current paint line. I mean, I do want to try some of the whoever's doing their own version of the contrast paints. It's just I don't use contrast paints that much anyway, so. Mm. I'll have to see. I mean, I, I'm interested, but I'm like I said, do we need another paint line? No. Um, I got enough paint. It tastes like cadmium. <laughs> so we'll cadmium have to see. is the best flavor for paint. Oh. <laughs> also, personal, uh, you know, a public service announcement here. Um, don't eat paint. Don't lick brushes, especially if you're painting with oil paints, because they actually have things like cadmium in them. And they're poisonous. I uh, opened up an old bottle of Ashram and Blue uh, wash. And boy, that stuff fucking stinks. Oh, we were just talking about... I have this bad at Black over here. The bad at Black I have doesn't smell nearly the, as bad as the the Ashram and Blue. I'm, I'm holding it underneath my painting cam like anyone can see that. <laughs> but, yeah. You're right. The bad at Black doesn't smell that bad. But that yes. Ashram and Blue... Mine, I binned it with most of my other colors because they all smell like an animal crawled in there and died and has been rotting for about 10 years. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. They are... I. If, <coughs> if Jim was in here back when he was painting in here and, and I watched TV in the opposite side of the house, but I could tell when he was doing washes because it just stunk. Yeah. I could smell it all the way at the other end of the house. Hopefully I'll be done with it soon enough, but oof. I mean, sometimes your bottles of washes don't, don't like, 
you don't use them fast enough. Also, I do occasionally buy a new one because I'm out and I'm like, I need a blue wash. Didn't bring it. Like it, buy a new one. Wow! T-shirts that messed up. So, but I, that was something I saw. Anything uh, recently? I know a lot of people are asking um, a lot of questions of what everybody's playing right now. Uh, I've noticed on Facebook that a lot of people have been going, "Hey, what is everybody playing? What is everybody playing?" Now, I don't know if this is like people trying for stores to figure out what are people are playing, but I mean, John, you're still playing MCP. Uh, yeah. Anything I, I else? Guess- I can say categorically my uh, games are going to be Marvel Crisis Protocol, followed by Malifaux, followed by, I think, Legion still on the docket. I want Armada to be on the docket. We'll see if I can impose uh, enough force to get Armada on the docket. And we're, and then, we're talking Star Wars Legion, not... Star Wars Legion, Legion and Star Wars Armada. I uh, don't know beyond that, honestly, Bean. Um I'm actually reached the point of fuck Games Workshop, so I don't really want to play any of their games. (laughs) Like, they they continually shit the bed on every limited release. Is everything being limited now? No, but it's it's like like a set of, you know, the the Orc release. Yeah. Sure, you'll be able to get everything in that box later, but it's a good deal and all, and they have a queue, and someone's like, I got in the queue right on time. When I finally got through the queue, there were none left. They don't have any limits. It immediately goes up on uh, fucking uh, eBay and shit. I'm not going to support a company that is being willfully an ass like that. Do you think that they might be doing that just because they... Because they're... I'm going to preface this real quick. There is a plastic shortage out right now. Um, Do you think that they may be doing it to... Because of that... Or I don't, they could I don't be doing care it to... why they're doing it. Oh, okay. They're doing it. It is a terrible practice. I will not support their fucking company. So, so I, whatever the reason is, they've lost someone who used to spend money on it and actually not play the game, which is extra funny. But <laughs> look, no desire to play Age of Sigmar. I, I could get a Dominion box right now. The, the source I was going to use has some in. No, I don't care anymore. I had a, an individual come to me, and they were wanting to talk about uh, games to play. And, you know, of course, 40K and Age of Sigmar is always always coming up. And uh, they says, well, isn't Age of Sigmar a new edition coming up? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, uh, can you describe how the game is played? And, you know, I was just, they just wanted kind of a basic thing. Mm-hmm. And I got to the double turn thing, and they went, nope, done. They were like, I, I, I don't think I could do that. Yeah, that's just stupid. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's a rule that's still in there just to appeal to the competitive players because it is a very competitive rule. People, like, it affects how they play. I just, I don't care. They shit on, that, that Curse, Curse City was going to be a great release and then it was impossible to get. My buddy Petey's like, oh, hey, I'm staring at a copy of Curse City. And when, when I'm like, no, I don't actually care anymore. I'm not going to support a company that does that. I mean, I don't eat Chick-fil-A because they're fucking horrible. I'm not going to support Games Workshop because they're fucking horrible. I'm going to start phasing out their paints when I can. That's going to be harder, but, you know, you buy what you have to buy from, uh, you know, a hobby standpoint. But no more of their games. They're done. If someone comes up and goes, man, I'm really looking for Death Watch. Oh, I got Death Watch for you, son. Good deal. Get it out of here. <laughs> someone comes up saying any of the ar- protein armies I have. Good deal. Here you go. I, I'm just not going to support a company that's being shit. Yeah, There's I, too I, many companies out there actually making quality products and having good, 
practices to support one that does shit. I mean, I'm kind of curious because... Okay, so whenever um, I was playing um, Sylvaneth, I wanted the character that was, you know, the winged character, but you could only get him in that one box set. And I didn't need to buy all that stuff. And so I was just waiting for just that one character to come out. Never did. Uh, so I'm kind of curious. Which if, is like, surprising because most of those they actually did end up putting out separately. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and that's kind of what kind of threw, threw me off. Uh, I'm kind of curious of why they're limiting it. And maybe they're being extra cautious or whatever reason. But it's GW. You wouldn't think that they would, you know, really need to. No, they, so they went through a period where they had changed all their practices and they were being a good company again. And now they, I mean, they're getting record profits. Oh, of course. And it's gone to their fucking head again. And it's the circle of life. I mean, they can go fuck themselves now. Who <laughs> just said, so I guess that question about Kill Team is a no now. I'm like, yeah, I'm not interested anymore. Was going to be interested. Small scale. That's our jam. Looks good. Because we're not. Most of my crew is not interested in playing a game as large scale as 40k or Age of Sigmar anymore. Why, when in the time it takes for you to paint one army, you could paint four armies for smaller games? That that was something else that came up with this person too. Is they were kind of wondering other games, and I was, you know, they they questioned that, and then I was like, well, what are you really looking for? Are you looking to paint something 40k, you know, size, marble size? You know, War Machine Horde side. You know, what what are you looking for? And it's it, it's coming down where people want more games that are, and I don't want to say smaller, but fewer models. Yeah, like literally, Legion is probably the most models I want in an army anymore. Is there also a it takes less time to play factor in this? Uh, that was a, um, I was going to segue to that after we talked about model count, but yes. On some. I mean, well, it ties into it. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to go into that. Was going to be my next part because that was another yeah. question because I didn't want to play a game that lasted four hours. They're like, yeah, I want, I want to play a couple of hours. You know, unless we're doing, you know, something outrageous like, hey, let's bring every fucking model we have and just go hog wild. They were like, you know, a, a standard game. I want a standard game to last about two hours. That, 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 that's kind of my limit. And I think that also goes back to what, you know, we came in that y- playing games for like four hours at a time is going to be hard for people. Yeah. Okay. So go back to model count and everything. Cause you were, you were doing that. Um, I mean, but like I said, blood was talking about, there are times you're like, Hey, I'm going to bring like 5,000 points worth of space Marine. You bring 5,000 points worth of Space Marine. Let's make it all day. We'll order pizza and beer and, you know. Yeah, those can be fun. Yeah, yeah so, um, Kathy may know him. Uh, Brendan, one of my buddies, from XGW buddies uh, from the Chicago area. Uh, well, he was in Sherry for a while. Uh, was like, hey, tell me some of your favorite, you know, moments of wargaming and all. And me and a buddy who moved to Texas played the Battle of Orcs Drift rather than Rourke's Drift, that was in an old uh, White Dwarf. I want to say like 161 or something stupid like that. It was an old White Dwarf, and it was Praetorians versus Orcs. And they had rules. And um, we played that, and it was the most fucking fun I've ever had playing 40K. You know, cool scenarios, that stuff that's missing from game certain games nowadays, especially some of the ones that are so focused on competitive, mm-hmm. that those cool scenarios we just put it out there we just played what we had like oh we don't have this we'll choose this instead yeah that's fine cool whatever and it was a great time for both of us 
it didn't matter who won really because it was just a great fun time well but yeah but that's those are very far and few between you don't see that often but if you're going to go yes. to your local game store or a convention you know there's a set of rules we're going to be playing you know okay two thousand points you know 75 points 10 model you know whatever type thing mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people are going to come down to uh i want to play smaller models quicker games well, well think about it. i mean if you look at the 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 if 40k and agency are the highest levels of number of models um the next level down is war machine of wars and then to a lesser extent legion and how many models do you have in a legion army really let's be honest how many many models could you have it's about equivalent to War Machine and Hordes, roughly. 50, same, about a 50 max. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Yeah, so... And, but the thing is, is the one thing that's easier about, you know, Legion is you've got the quick squadron movement. You know, you've got quick measurements. It's quick and, you know... It's, oh, yeah, you move one model and... I mean, so... You may not have played 40K much, Gonzo, but let me tell you, when you play 40K, especially Orcs, you move the handful of models and just piled the rest in in the back. Yeah. That's just sort of how that <laughs> yeah, happened, right? yeah. It didn't you move matter. Your front view and then you just. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you go to the point of like, let me know if anyone looks like they went too far. Like, I'd literally be like, all right, here's the squad leader. Here's the front line, <laughs> real quick. Here's the special weapons. And they're like, and he's like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, Legionnaire brings up a good point, uh, right now that like Warhammer Underworlds, Warhammer Underworlds. Is quick and easy. The board uh, is easy. They, there isn't a company that builds a game like that. What? Which game it's is that? It's actually Privateer Press. <laughs> it's called Riot Quest, and apparently it's a fucking hoot. It's it's a it's great just, game to play. It's a lot it's of fun. It's just the opposite on the spectrum, because Warhammer Underworlds is sold as competitive. Yes. And Riot Quest is not. No, it, it, it's silly fun stuff. Uh, another I feel game. Like Rafu makes a a good point. You need a set of rules to be competitive. As a competitive setting, needs to be strict on the rules as they are put to the test all the time. As players are looking for what's broken. If you want to casual it down a bit, nothing stops you as long as all the players agree on it. And I feel like just saying something is a beer and pretzels game because you're too lazy to do that is is not a good way to be making games. So, I disagree with Arathu, and I have a good reason. Because the majority of us play people in a local game store. There are no house rules in local game stores. You can't come in and start going, oh, we play like this where I'm at, how do you play where you're at? You're adding extra time to a game that already takes too much time. Yeah, you and, can... I, and I think we need something yeah, that I makes sure that it's... I think you're actually agreeing with him right there. No, you said you said the rules be competitive. You you don't you actually want it to be set to lower than competitive, because the competitive players are the least amount of people playing the game. But you want it to be a a set of rules that people can follow without making house rules, uh, where the game is still competitive, and they no. house rules it down into beer and pretzels and funsies. To a point. Well, no, not really, actually, because you look at... Private Press did that. It's the worst thing. Absolutely the worst thing. They don't have anything besides their competitive play, and it's not good because of that. You, you know, no one decides to really do that. If, if you come well, in There has you know, to be, like, some middle ground between Privateer Press's, you know, 
hard ass tournament player rules and lazy beer and pretzels game development. There are. There there is definitely. You you want you want a tight set of rules. You're right. You want a set of rules that's relatively tight, but doesn't need to be competitive. Yeah. If you can do both, that's great. But the problem is, is when you go and make a game super competitive, like, like, so let's be honest, technically speaking, War Machine or Hordes is not a complete set of rules. You literally cannot play an actual real game out of the book. There are no scenarios. There's no idea how to fucking set up. You just, what do you do? It doesn't fucking tell you because they didn't bother doing that. It's mm-hmm. an incomplete set of rules. You can't have that. That is the wrong. You can do GW, which is, you know, a set of rules. It's fine. It's a little lackadaisical for things. It's like you guys decide how that works together. That You can do that. It has scenarios. It has all that. Um, it's just tough. I think, honestly, building it, it has... It's not a, it's it's such a difficult thing to do nowadays. So um, uh, Helgi says that uh, X Wing is nice for that spot. It is and it isn't. It is perfectly fine because you can play X Wing out of the box. Mm-hmm. It's just beat them up. It's just beat them up, and that's how they play it in tournaments. Just beat them up. It's perfectly fine. But I think you'll find if you want a set of rules, let's say let's separate competitive rules from tight rules. Let's call them tournament rules and then just the rules. If you need to have a tournament, tournament rules will be made by some organization or form. You'll get the... Fuck those guys. Anyways, (laughs) you'll get the ITC guys who have their idea of how the game should be played, and they will make tournament rules, which is perfectly fine. I'm just saying... They're an example. They're perfect. I don't agree with their vision of the game, but... You know, and that's why I say games that are great out of the box. And it's so hard to make one. Marvel Crisis Protocol, great out of the box. Spells, there's still some gray areas that happens. And that game, I think, actually has some options for making something more casual and beer and pretzels, as Cassie says. It's at that sweet spot in the middle, I think. You don't actually need anything else to play it, quote-unquote, competitively, tournament-wise. You can play a tournament with the rules out of the book, um, but you might add extra rules because it gets a little weird. Uh, I would you mean say that uh, technically speaking, Malifo is kind of there, but it's next level below because you technically want the uh, they put out a yearly gaining grounds, which has updates of all the scenario things to make them more balanced. Wow, Kathy, your camera's weirding out. Yeah, she's pixel- pixelating. Yeah, she must be so video. But then it's like, and then like, uh, you know, 40k and Age of Sigmar, last well, I've seen of them, have scenarios at all. Right now, so. Ah, you're competing for broadband. For go, just go down there and kick them. <laughs> um, so I guess maybe technically, Arthur's not necessarily wrong. It's more of let's word it right. You need a tight set of rules. You need to be able to play it, but you want that ability. You want in your book to show the fun scenarios. You should always have a fun scenario to show people how it's done. Uh, Best example is X-Wing, a game that does not seem like it helps scenarios. The X-Wing rulebook that came out with the first set had scenarios. Every big set had a new scenario in it. And me and L. Marshall played that one Saturday, and it was a fucking hoot. (laughs) 
it was great. Like, uh, like some of them are like, holy shit, that's really weird. Holy shit, that was cool. Holy shit, that was one side and not that out well. But they were they were quick. They were easy. That's a game I could play nine games of in a day. You know? But I, I, it's just such a weird place to be. And I think that's what's going to hurt games more than anything. And what I need to see from a game is... How is it out of the box? Um, I'm Am I looking, off topic? Uh, no. I, I, I did want to go back to Legionnaires talking about the Warhammer, Warhammer Underworlds. Uh, another game that can have and help with that is um, Judgment. Uh, they don't have the deck building, but it is, you know, that type of, you know, gridded based system and a little bit different. Uh, Warcaster does have a deck building <laughs> system in it a bit. Uh, not as robust, I would say, as Underworlds, but it is another, you know, there is a similar deck building system. Well, uh, you have the rule books that how how are the rule books they have a fucking scenario in them? The Warcaster? Yeah. Uh, is it, or, or is it just the here's how you play a game, go, this is it? Here's how you play a game and here's how you win. Uh, okay. the the win is getting more mm. points in that. <clears throat> so Speaking uh, slightly inebriately, it's kind of shit, is what you're telling me. It's not great scenario play. Uh, it, no, because it's it's a, okay. the the setup is different. It's it's sort of <laughs> like Marvel in a way, but without scenarios. Like you set up like Marvel, but not uh, scenario play. As in, go grab wow. the. Uh, it's not really like Marvel at all, really. It, it, like I said, their best way to put it is you've got spots that have to be claimed. But it is not like, oh, this person's a human. You have to grab him and walk away with him type thing. It's, okay. it, it's sort of like find the spot, claim it as yours, <clears throat> hold it well, type thing. I mean, Marvel's half that and half taking Well, anyways, yeah. so Arthur says it depends so much on the person that plays, though. Complicated and competitive isn't the same. Correct. Yes. Uh, for rules to be competitive, you need the rules to be clear and fail-proof as you can. In fact, clear fitting language isn't clear enough. Absolutely, that would be, as uh, was said earlier, tight. You want the rules tight. <clears throat> a tight set of rules are like, how many times do I have to go back to the rule book to figure out, and this is after, after I played, not being brand new type thing, how many times do I have to go back to the rule book to figure out certain things because they are not tight and they go, oh, but they said sand is this, but oh no, sand is this. Which rule book do I go back to? Which codec do I have to reference? But so that it gets more than that though, because you need that, but you need more than that. That's the rules. You need more content in there. For example, War Machine of Hordes uh, Mark Three is relatively tight. Yes. There's a couple errors, but they're cleared up by facts. But there's still no way to play the game in the book. It's it's you need you want your ideal is to grab as many people as you can in a game. <clears throat> you want as many people as you can to get to be able to play this game. So you want to show either your scenarios have to be super cool and flavorful, kind of Marvel-like. You can really get into Marvel ones because they're telling you what you're doing. Like, you know, you're like, oh, I got to grab the skull scroll. I'm going through these this area is basically a crowd of people maybe, and I got to go find the scroll, you know, or, you know, what have you. Or, but... You don't want it to be as vague as hold this zone. That yeah. that only happens. The worst thing is, is it only happens if you have the add-on pack, so to speak, from the internet, as you, if you will. Uh, uh, Webby76 says, sounds like playing Infinity. 
So Infinity is actually a weird, weird game because it is probably way more complicated than it ever needs to be. Yes. As a, as a problem, but as a bonus, it's also super thorough. Yes. There are so many scenarios things you can in do it are are really solid. It is a solid game out of the box from a playability standpoint, as uh, if not so much by a rule standpoint. It is super complicated. Yeah, I don't know how many times I played Infinity and I never did the hacking rules or any of that because it was just too complicated. I was like, nope, not going to deal with it. I, I I'm just going to run around and shoot people. I think the new edition fixed that, but I haven't bought the new edition because, nope. I mean, to talk about games we're playing, Infinity is not on our list. I want it to be. I like Infinity. I like the models for Infinity. I like the concept of Infinity. But at a certain point, how do games? You ain't yeah. got any more bandwidth. Yeah. So you have to go to the ones that are good, which is why, you know, you want, I want companies to make, I don't want Privateer Press to fail. I don't want Privateer Press to put out, you know, I want them to put out a Mark IV that has not only cool, fun scenarios, but also has fun, vaguely competitive, tight scenarios. And they don't have to be the same thing. They can be separate. You can go old GW books would go, boom, here's your rules. Next section. Here is uh, pickup games play, whichever they call it, with your buddies. Here's all the scenarios, all the super balanced scenarios. Boom, narrative play and everything else. You got all this stuff, ideas of unbalanced scenarios. There's an old scenario in the 3rd edition 40K book that was basically ambush. And you basically deploy your guys in a column in the middle of the table, and the enemy deploys around you. Well, that's super cool, right? Unbalanced? Yeah, if you got an army that's really good at shooting, you're going to fuck some people up. <laughs> super unbalanced, because basically, depending on the army you play, you roll more dice to see if you are the ambusher or the ambushee. But that just builds more fun when I roll the six on my orcs on my single die, <clears throat> and the Space Wolf player, who got like three dice and I think a reroll or something, did not get a six, and thus my orcs ambush the space wolves. <laughs> but uh, that is such a fun pickup game scenario between you and your buddies. But as Legionnaire yeah. says, if you get that in a tournament, it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. That's the reason why I think uh, one of the things I liked about um, the Lord of the Rings miniature game, everything is scenario-based. Uh, yeah. every, everything, all of them, and they're all story <laughs> scenario based. Mm-hmm. It which, is you know, a some nice of them you mechanic can't... for that game. Yeah, and it works with that game too. Uh, now, some scenarios you can't play unless you have the models. Like one of them's like you're playing only the Fellowship, and you know you're playing the Orcs. But the well, generic ones, those are, are less really those, solid. Those, yeah, those are more of the fun scenarios, not right. the pickup game scenarios, not the right. battle game scenarios. Let's say. Yeah. And that's sort of. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's such a hard place for a company to be in because there's so many things you've got to get in your game and some of them just don't do it. I mean, you know, it's weird. I don't know why companies are starting to be kind of shitty like that, but you can't. Well, any new miniature game that comes out, it's going to be in a tight spot. Oh, One, I mean, you've got to compete with everybody else out there. Two, yeah. you've got to bring me something new and interesting and unusual. Or you have to do the old, tired thing better than anyone else. Correct. So, I mean, you've got you've got to stand out. Uh, and so it's going to be a challenge for anybody that's got a brand new game out. Because, yeah. I mean, 
I could play like I like Frostgrave. Frostgrave is a simple. It's it's D and D with miniatures, pretty much is what it is. Uh, it's a simple thing. Rules aren't that great, but I mean, it's 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 silly, kind of fun. I don't I don't have to worry about it. I don't I don't care no, too much. No nickname Frank would just disagree with you on the uh, rules not being great, but go ahead. <laughs> I, they're they're not tight like I'm used to in other games. Is what I'm saying. But you're gonna have to bring out a game when it comes out. Not only models are gonna have to be great, which are which are an easier thing to do nowadays because you have a ton of artists out there that do great materials mm -hmm. uh, and, and great stuff. So there's, that's not going to be an issue. I, in my opinion, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Um, and then you have to have someone that can write the rules and write the rules that are tight. But then how to play the game is going to be the key. Um, is it just to shoot them up, beat them up like X-Wing? Or is it going to be a tonight scenario play like I something else? I would say, now you know I'm a big fan of Marvel Crisis Protocol, mm -hmm. and generally the FFG, let's call them Atomic Mass Games, miniature games, since they have all of those now. Uh -huh. But I feel the biggest mistake they make is not having a printed rule book. Like, yes, it means you can't use a change your rules, but in a printed rule book, you can have, even if it's smaller, the old GW style, where you have all that shit in there. I look at the 5th or 6th edition fantasy rule book for... Oh, the pocket rule books were fantastic. They I had the pocket so one, the super huge fantasy one that not only had all the basic scenarios and all, in the back it had those campaign oh, yeah. rules, like the simple campaign rules where it's like you just, you get this to play with out of your army and then as you take more things, you might get more points, you might get, you might be able to take another wizard or a wizard or any of these things and it was great. You get content out of them. You get being able to play fun scenarios that are out of the normal. And that's something that's missing from games. It's all, I mean, they're sort of aiming at, you know, how people are. Where a lot of people who live alone don't play at home. They play in the game store. You want those quick structured games. That's how you can play at the game store. But I think they're doing a disservice to everyone else about having the cool scenarios. Now, uh, the guys at Atomic Mass did do the all this metal Ultron scenario where Ultron goes from threat four to threat fuck your life. <laughs> and everyone fights against them. That's super cool. And I think more companies need to do that. Uh, yeah, leverage one the web, scenarios. Leverage, one leverage an actual rule book, being able to have extra content. You don't have to come with it right away. Like if Talk Math said, oh, hey, we didn't come up with the rule book right away, but we're going to come up with one. We've got this extra content for it. People will buy that shit. They want that. I want to see the unbalanced games. I want to see the super cool scenarios where you know, you're fighting against incredible odds. That's super fun. That is what we're missing in wargaming today. It's become too standardized, competitive. Let's make sure we have an even battle for the store, for, for your playing the guys at the store. And we want different. I want, you know, Brad's like, I want to play, you know, all the bad guys and you have a handful of heroes. And let's see how good you could do. That'd be great. I'm in. But it's so hard for working professionals to make those kind of rules for themselves. The game companies could definitely do that. And releasing it on the web is problematic because it's a lot of time investment for web release. So a print version seems like the next way up, but they're worried about print not being viable. So I, I don't know, a small pay-for PDF? There's a lot of ideas there. Uh, um, Bowie's made a good point. Uh, that 
there is something about holding a book and reading over the new rules. There yeah. is there is that that fulfillment besides looking at a PDF and scrolling on a PDF. Don't get me wrong. I understand the reason why. I mean, books cost a ton of money uh, and you don't know if they're going to sell or not. PDF, you're you know one and done and everybody can have it. I understand it from that point of view. But yeah, there is something to say about getting that new rule book and spending, you know, three or four hours reading over it. And, you know, oh, cool, fluff. And you read over fluff and yes. stuff like that. So, Arathu also has a good one. I think you made a good call there, making a base rules for Age of Sigmar in one rule book, but then having a separate rule book for competitive play that they can update once a year so a supplement is needed for semi-balanced competitive scene is easier and kept up to date. Absolutely. It's sort of what Malvo. Malvo has rules. The rule book is the rule book. So of course, they're in a queue. But then, if you want the scenarios, you, they put out the gaining grounds every year, and then maybe they put out a card pack, or you order the card pack from DriveThruRPG or Card, whatever, Card Vault, and you get the pack with the new cards, and you play those scenarios when you're playing, quote-unquote, competitively. I think there's a lot of things there. I think that you know, there's a lot of... I think if the game companies just get their heads out of their asses... And look at what the other guys are doing. I think they could find that there's a lot of good they could be doing by crossing over with what some of their guys are doing. And it's okay if you do start doing a similar thing to them because theoretically your IP is distinctly different and people like it for what it is, not just for the gameplay. Well, and like I said, it's anybody coming out, we're in a whole different change. A lot of people don't want to spend four hours playing a game anymore. No. Uh, a lot of people is like two hours is their max, you know, type thing. Got to take a break, you know, or, you know, or, 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 or sooner, depending on what the game is. Not saying there shouldn't be games for Correct. people who want that four hour, five hour strategy marathon. Correct. Mm -hmm. Well, um, but also as if you have the time or the inclination, you should look at if you come up with an idea for a cool scenario, start writing down notes. Find people online, collaborate, become, you know, maybe you get a scenario. Maybe it becomes a wide release worked on by the community. And suddenly it was like, oh, cool, here's this super cool fight Thanos scenario, uh, you know, that the community made up and we can all try. That'd be great. <laughs> you know? Yes, play Napoleonics for your four hour, five hour strategy <laughs> game. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like me, if I were going to play a four to five hour game right now, I would have to play, kind of plan for it. If I said, hey, John, bring over your, you know, your your Marvel. I would be expecting, you know, a standard two hour type game. Type Depends. Is it, a, is it a weekend day? If it's a weekend day, all bets are off. Yeah, but as I'm, long I'm, I'm as saying... I get through that to that period I have, Sundays are a little <laughs> more problematic, obviously, streaming in the morning and night evenings. But like Saturday... I go to Marshall's. If Marshall's like, "Art, we're gonna play this marathon game," I'm like, "All right, let's fucking go." Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I think you got you. I would have to say, "Hey, John, what kind of games are we playing? We're we playing marathon, where you bring all the bad guys and I bring all the good guys, and we all beat each other out, or are we playing well, like standard?" Well, that becomes game? sort of the unsaid social thing. If Marshall says, "Hey, guys, come over, show up at ten, I'm showing up at ten. If he's like, "Art, we're gonna do this giant thing," he's probably warned us. But if not, like, he he. If if he doesn't if we don't need to bring anything he and he just pops on us that's cool all right let's go you know we're all there mostly for the duration we 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 communicate well and I think most people would communicate well about that stuff but sometimes you just you have your expectations in the group you know what's expected you know yeah if I go to a game with Dave on Friday night I'm expecting uh you know two hour game at the game store and then we're gonna go to dinner 
you know, if I play Banyan during the, you know, on on a Sunday, I expect a you know two hour game, maybe three hours, just because we're fucking around a little bit, and then on with my life. But you have to know that you have to know how your group is, and you do. Well, it is time for media section. I was going to switch over to that. You're still on Green Acres. Why is that so? I love Green Acres. I don't understand that. Green Acres is awesome. Green Acres is an amazing soundtrack. No, Bowie. Right at the game store now costs 10 bucks each, which is fine. It's not cost 10 bucks. It's $10 that I get in credit to use the store. It's not a big deal. Our local store did that. You have to buy to play in the the back room. You have to uh, basically get a ten dollar credit chip, which you can use for goods. So it's not like a big deal. Yeah. It's not like space is free. More dice? What? More dice. I'll get that model I was looking at. Yeah. Models. That's fine. Yeah, you know you're going to be spending money there anyway. So eventually, if you save up that store credit from Friday night to Friday night, you get sweet board game if that's what you're into. Yeah, we're not sure if you can bank the chits or not. That's sort of what we're, we're we've got some questions we're going to put in there. Oh, Barry says no. So, it's ten dollars you can spend that night. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I mean it's what it is. It might be too hard to keep track of it. I don't know. In any case, we'll look into it. We'll see how it is. I mean, it's not like when when Dave and I go and play, we don't generally buy something anyways. Oh yeah, Beanie on drinking snacks for sure. You could you could spend that on just drinking snacks for the evening. Oh, the chips can be saved, but the day you play, you have to pay. That's fine. That's fine. Saving the chips, that's no worries. Yeah, it's all good. It is no big deal. But honestly, uh, Bowie, as you know, I mean, if you want to play a game, we play Marshalls a lot. We play here a lot. It's no worries. We'll get games in. We're, we're, we're no longer at the... I mean, actually, I guess even when I had the apartment, we could play there. But anyways, we're not at the, you know, we all have small places we can't play at or anything. So, it's all good. Anyways, media section. I didn't watch it, besides Loki. <laughs> besides Loki. Uh, <laughs> I watched Loki. Finished Loki. Kathy has not watched Loki yet. I have not watched Loki. So, I'll yeah. on that. Uh, I did watch a couple of things. Kathy, did you watch what? anything? Hold on. I did. I was shocked that Gonzo watched things. I'm a little more shocked. I, Kathy I watched things, watch actually. <laughs> Uh, so I got like one, two, three, and Loki type thing. What's your first one? Uh, let's go with one that I was like kind of hesitant to watch, and I forced a couple of people to watch it with me um, because I'd seen the original, and one person had never seen the original, and then one person had seen the original. And I was like, if I'm going to suffer, I'm going to suffer with a bunch of people. <laughs> And I watched Coming to America. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah, the Coming to America Part 2 um, type thing. And, of course, <laughs> Captain Rizzi's like, thanks, guys. Uh, it is the sequel to the original, all with the same cast, all the same people. Um, that was a very interesting movie. Um I would not say it sucked, Bowie. It did not suck. But it, it it goes back to the thing of why are we making a sequel of something that was done back in, you know, 80-something or other, besides getting in the cash cow. That, that is the new thing. Yeah. You make the sequel to the thing way back when. Yes. 
It's yeah, it's it's a nostalgia trip for the Which uh, is fine if it is done well. Yeah. It was not done well. I will tell you this right now. Um it was okay. They rehashed a ton of jokes. Um rehashed a ton of things. Uh, it was nothing really new. Um, it was nice to see them dressed up as a different characters because in the original, that was the cool thing of that show, that movie is them dressing up and being different, the characters and so on and so forth. And you had sexual uh-huh. chocolate. It, it, it was, it was something new and it was interesting to see whether it was so, your, your taste or not. It's a different thing. Uh, I'm going to stop you. First off, I haven't seen the first movie, but second off, that was never actually funny. I regret to inform you. I've seen a lot of other movies. It was not funny. Yeah. Like what? There, once in a while they would do it. Like Mel Brooks would do that shit. It was funny. But when Eddie Murphy started doing it, it was like towards the nadir of his career, and he had, was no longer funny. It is. It is. It, the original was at the end of it, um, and wasn't bad. Um, they did do a lot of callbacks in this like even the mortimers from trading places they were the callback from them yeah yes well yeah they've been they've been calling them back for a bunch of stuff yeah there was a callback uh for we're back uh on that and it was actually it 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 kind of played into it but overall you could watch something worse i can tell you right now you could definitely watch something worse i would give it my meh rating of 2.3 you know 2.5 space therapies excuse me 2.5 2.5 space herpes. Okay, uh, really specific space herpes now. <laughs> I need three tenths of a space herpes for this movie. Uh, it was it it was just there. It it had a couple of hee hee moments, but nothing really good. Uh, but uh, it was a ton of. Let's just call back on the original and try to beat this joke into the ground type thing. And I was not definitely not impressed. So it's I've a modern worse, comedy. And I've actually seen worse this week. Um. And, and I was not impressed. Um, should you watch it? Nah, skip it. It's a skip. Like I said, it's a man. I do the suffering for your, my viewers. So, you know, they know what they, you know, what they should and shouldn't watch. This is a definitely a pass. So don't do it. Kathy. So <laughs> yesterday I went and visited my friend, Jen, who I haven't seen in over a year. And, uh, you know, as, as we always do when we get together, we sit on the couch, we eat bad food, we, we watch TV. And she and her husband have been watching a show that I've never heard of because I don't have HBO, their streaming channel. Or what is it, HBO Plus? Mm-hmm. HBO, HBO Max. 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 Yeah, yeah whatever. Uh, plus Max, you know, whatever. It's because yeah. it's HBO and Cinemax because they're owned by the same company. Yeah, I get Yeah. It all makes sense now. It does. So. You're welcome. I was introduced to this show called Legendary. And. and <laughs> totally not a superhero show. Wow. <laughs> the hell of a gonzo reaction (laughs) oh my god oh my god it was amazing yes 
I don't know if anybody listening to this would necessarily be interested in it. It's not the normal sort of thing that we talk about that we're watching. Of course, most of my stuff is is usually weird in in this context. But this is something if I had seen this show when I was younger and I used to go out dancing a lot, I would have learned so many things and it would have been even more fun. But this show, Legendary, is about uh, the phenomena of ballroom and voguing. And it's like this whole other subculture of people who... I'll just read about... I'll just read about it from the wiki. It's an American voguing reality competition. I don't usually watch reality shows. Uh, TV series exploring the world of ball culture. Uh, it premiered in 2020. Can, can we ask series, them to worry about the phrasing on that? I don't the really... series follows LGBT house members, predominantly from eight houses, as they navigate through nine balls, which is like dances, you know, that kind of right. ball. Uh, I'm with you there. Uh, dancing, voguing, and walking events the with a grand prize of like $100,000 for the winning house at the end. Uh, the series was praised by GLAAD, G-L-A-A-D, for featuring queer and trans artists from the New York ballroom scene. And there were people from Chicago, too, that were a part of this as well. Uh, people and and you get to see you get to know these people because like every reality show does the thing where they introduce each person and over the course of the series you get to know them you know and their personal struggles and stuff and you know knowing where some of the people from Chicago came from like it was like I know because I live in Chicago and these neighborhoods are they're tough they're People don't always survive these neighborhoods. So and you could see it, people were had been struggling. But anyways, it just the whole thing was amazing. Like the the fashion, uh, the each house has to come up with these ideas for their every every week is a different theme and each house has to come up with an idea based on this theme and they have to explain it to their uh, costumers and they have to explain it to their dance coach and I don't know it's just like it's a visual how far did you get through the seasons I watched the entire first season yesterday <laughs> oh my um, yeah <laughs> so there's another season uh, so they had to cut season one short because of COVID uh, and they had to you know they had to cut off that and then the next season there's no audience whatsoever, which yeah, kind of sucks. What, that's what Jen was saying. And they're making the third season. Yes, they are making a third season. So, which, which is very cool. love Legendary. I yeah. love that culture. I love the dancing. I love the costuming. Uh, I love everything. It, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. And if you really, really like that culture and everything, there is a TV show called Pose. Uh, it's on Netflix. I think season one through three and season four just finished. Um, and it's about the start of that culture within America um, and the underground ball scenes and stuff like that. Oh. And it is very, very good. Can they call it ballroom? Because 
Phrasing's a thing. It, well, yeah, but yeah. you know what? It's ball. Let's just say it's ball. Yeah. It's short. So I, I suggest for you, Kathy, if you like Legendary, go on Netflix and watch Pose. You will love it because it's the it's a fictitious story, of course, but it covers the time frame when age was starting to come out and, you know, all of that scene and the underground ball scene and so on and so forth. Cool, so cool. You, you, if, if you like Legendary, now you get to go watch a drama about Legendary. Cool. Uh, and it has a lot of transgender people in it. So there's not like, you know, actors that are acting like transgender people. It is actually mm-hmm. transgender people. Um, I watched the entire series. I loved it. Um, also, um, what's his face is in it. Um, oh, my God. We even mentioned it because he's got a show coming on uh, pretty soon on uh, HBO Max. Uh, Billy Porter. Billy Porter is in it. And Billy Porter is amazing in this series. Uh, love Billy Porter to death in Pose. So I'm glad you like Legendary. Not many people I know have watched Legendary, but I like <laughs> I like I like watching it. There are some very talented and athletic dancers, especially with some of the shoes that these people are wearing. Holy fuck! I think the next time that that I go visit my friend, we will probably watch the next season over the course of a Saturday. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, if you if you like that, go try uh, Pose on Netflix. I love the music. And it's done by Ryan Murphy, so it's got some really it's got it's got some good talent behind it. It was done really well. I liked it a lot. Sorry, didn't need to add into it, but yes, if you like that, go watch Pose. Um, what what kind of what kind of herpes do you give for it? Uh... What kind of herpes do I, do I give for it? <laughs> I will give it one because, let's face it, reality shows have so much needless drama. And there is some needless drama in this, in addition to the other drama, which is, you know, bound to happen. Yes. There is some. Um, so one of the other ones I watched, I did watch, uh, I did finish Clarkson's Farming. Which is Jeremy Clarkson running a farm and uh, his little can we, virtual. Can we back up? Who's Jeremy Clarkson and what Top exactly Gear. is this about? From, from Top Gear and then after they got fired, the Grand Tour. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, the, one of the older ones and stuff. And what it is, is he, he has He's a farm. He's the asshole one. Yeah. He has a farm. And so, of course, COVID hit. They can't go do the Grand Tour stuff. So he decided, oh, I'm going to make a show and uh, I'll do all the farming on my farm. And, of course, it already got renewed for a second season. But I watched it, and it was really good because you get to learn about farming equipment and someone that doesn't know jack shit about it trying to farm. And, you know, him learning about all this stuff. And, of course, it goes around, you know, and, and of course, it happened during COVID when, you know, they shut down and everything. So he's got to go through that. Um, But watch it all the way through the very end. And his his eye-opening thing was... Uh, you know, weather does affect a farmer because, like, they aren't allowed to harvest a certain crop unless it's between a certain humidity. Um, and it has to be a certain, you know, type. And so it was it was interesting not only to learn that stuff about the farming, but also for him to go, oh, well, shit, 
I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And it was like, you know, so there's a lot of, a lot of things he had to learn about. Um, they are doing a season two, so it gets even better. Uh, his reaction on how much profit he made after doing six months of farming work was hilarious. <laughs> uh, just spoiler for everybody. If you don't want to know, don't listen, but I'm going to tell you, cause I know some people don't care. Uh, he only made $142 <laughs> for farming for six months because of all the regulations rules and, you know, just everything mm-hmm. he had to do. Um, but it didn't, I mean, it was, it was interesting and neat to see. Um, cause he did, you know, he did some sheep and other things, but it was, it was pretty fun, especially the characters on there. Like one of the characters, you can't understand a damn word he is saying because of his, you know, accent and Jeremy Clarkson can't understand anything he's saying either. And you're just going, the hell did he say? And you catch like every fifth word, but it was a good <laughs> ride. I loved it. I thought it was fun. Uh, good reality show. Uh, I give it one and a half space herpes, pretty much. Um, Kathy, you got another one since John has nothing? Uh, today, uh, for the first time in a long time, I watched Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, man. The first one? Yeah. The only good one. Yeah, the original. It's... Oh, snap. I mean, you're not <laughs> wrong, but... I did like the uh, the one with the Davy Jones. Waiting for Mizzy not, to come in and beat me up. It's not good. But then I also haven't seen that in like since. I mean, the second and third so. ones weren't terrible. It was just they weren't great. No, they they're weren't great. So they're so far below the level of the first one because the first one is just hits on all cylinders. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a movie came out. And you're like, well, fucking hey, this is great. Oh, what fun! Such an adventure. Yes. Every every character every part of it you were invested in what happened to everybody absolutely even uh even the commodore yeah the, the third is your favorite captain is you wow wow she must be drunk so we'll just ignore that comment. i don't even remember which one's the third one is that I mean, the one with davy jones i mean he's in the second and third one. Oh, okay <laughs> i don't think i ever saw the third one I saw the third one. I just re- my interest went. Oh, that was cool. Let's watch the second one. Oh, the second one was it was a movie. It was okay. Let's watch the third one. That's about where I went. Maybe that's why I didn't see the third one. I There's a fourth one and a fifth one. I have not seen either. I have standards. <laughs> They're low. I have uh, other things that that I need to watch. At too. the other, end of the I have day. I, I just rather watch the first one again. So watchable. Yeah. The first one uh-huh, is, uh-huh. and everything's really, really, really good in it. The characters are are, are interesting. Um, the sword fighting's good. The lines are good. But the rest of them, uh, nah. I'm not going to say that the first is a perfect movie, but it's fucking close. I cannot yeah. think of too much time would change for a movie based off a ride at Disney. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I just, hmm. I'd have to rewatch all of them again to really give them a good rating. Um, yeah. I, 
I think Helgi, you could you could probably watch all three and enjoy them. I but I don't recall any of them being actually bad. I just don't think they were great. And Mizzy, it's fine if you love them. It's okay. This is art. Art is completely subjective. If anyone tells you that a movie is objectively bad, they're either talking about cats or they're they're just being stupid. Yeah, Rask, I agree with bad. that. Yeah, the, the, the following ones were just kind of milking the success of the first one. I, I do like that they wrote them as a continuous story. So it wasn't like a second one, and let's see what we do with the third one. No, it was second one leads into the third one. I like that. I like when they do that, but is what it is. Uh, yeah, I could watch Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, I could go downstairs and watch Louis, it. Right I totally read what you just wrote as cats. Ah! <laughs> King of the Impossible. <laughs> That's so wrong. That's what he was going for. I hope. Oh, wrong. Yeah, cats is terrible. Anyways, uh, no, but the Pirates of the Caribbean, I mean, it's I don't know what you give it, Kathy, but on my recollection, I, I haven't seen it for probably about a year and a half, two years I watched it. It's one of the few movies my mom I'm owns. I'm giving it none. I'm giving it none. I really enjoy the, I, the I first. I agree with none. There's no reason to give that movie. That movie's yeah. great. Yeah. That was so that's, yeah, that's, that's it for me. That's all I have managed to uh, to watch this week. Uh, I did try, and because it came out, and I was like, oh, okay, this sounds like an interesting show. And I tried watching, um, was it Gunpowder Milkshake on Netflix? Uh-oh. You're about to make a lot of uh, a lot of my type of people upset, because I have heard nothing but good about that movie. I could not make it 30 minutes before I had to shut it off, because I was so fucking blown out of my mind that this thing bored the shit out of me. Oh. Every line was given to them and every every actor what and is actress it, about? it is sort of like a john wick meets um 90s gun battle it's it, it's it's almost a rip off of john wick in a best way the best way to put it um a female john wick um I started watching it. I was like, okay, this looks kind of neat, you know, from the trailers and everything. I start, I put it in. I could not stand the acting. It is so stiff. It is so rigid. There is like no emotion. It, to me, I, I literally, I could not get past 30 minutes of it. I was like, this has to go. This is horrible. I was so appalled by it. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to watch it now. Yeah. I, I'm getting distinct vibes <laughs> of a certain other movie that he hates that I didn't uh -huh. hate. No. Uh -huh. I could not stand. I'm going to have to watch it now, too. Oh, it's on I Netflix, Kathy. Stand... Yeah, let's, let's watch your report back next week. Yeah. I couldn't stand the acting. Everything was so rigid. It was all over the place. Um, it, it, it couldn't flow very well. Um, the beginning and then the credit scene to start the movie and then starting up the movie, it just, it just really, it irked me to watch it. I was like, hell no. I, I was disturbed by it. This was just so bad. And it has some great actors and actresses in it too, which was, you know, really weird. I don't know. So Gonzo, uh, uh, one of the guys I follow on Twitter is, uh, one of the writers of the first Doctor Strange movie. 
and he loved it. He's been doing. He's been a movie reviewer and all that. And oh. the movies that he suggests watching and that his fans suggest watching to give you the same vibe of it, it suggests that I would like it too because they're suggesting Hotel Artemis, which I saw and I enjoyed. Yeah. Little slow points. Yeah. Kill Bill Volume One. Uh, nobody like which I haven't seen, but it's supposed to be good. Uh, Smoke and Aces, which I also very much like. Yeah. Um, I'm with you on that. Gross Point Blank and yep. Long Kiss Goodnight. Like, if those are all similar movies, they're I'm going to like this. No, they're not. I'll tell you one thing. I still haven't seen any of the John Wick movies, so I can't judge it by that. It... I might have the first one on DVD in addition to Blu-ray. I might have to get a care package and send that to you. Because I don't need two copies. I bought the whole, the first three movies. It's Kathy, I think you will like John Wick. John Wick it's, is was such a breath of fresh air to action movies. I was one of those things I've been meaning to watch, like so many other things. Um, what was it? I was watching clips of some, Jason Bourne. I was watching Bourne trilogy clips, and the first thing I thought is, when I watch the movies, those clips are awesome because you're invested. But as a clip, just disconnected from the movie, I was just like, this action is fucking terrible shaky cam you could barely tell what's going on and then i watched john wick clips and they're so crisp and clear you can see what's going on it's it's just done so much they don't better resort to blurring uh blurring things to to make lazy decisions in details yes oh yeah so um what were we talking about Grandpa Donald Donald Donald. 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 Poor beyond belief. I was very, very upset. I got through. It is an hour and 54 minutes. And I made it with an hour and 32 remaining. <laughs> so around 30 minutes is pretty much. It's, it's got to be wrong. I got about 30 minutes into it. And I had to stop it. Mm. It just. It, it's off a little bit there from going on my phone. It. It. Acting is horrible. The lines are horrible. The premise, I get it. It's been hashed over numerous times. I was like, no. I'm going to have to joke. and I would say that I think it's, I'm definitely getting Ready Player One vibes from this. I'm going to no. watch it. Ready Player One vibes had good scenes in it that I, I, I get and I, I understand. You, I don't got like 30 minutes into a movie that's like all the similar movies are very slow to start. So... I, I couldn't get past I, the acting. Literally, the acting annoyed the crap out of me. Uh, I, I'm going to have to say that's probably... Well, well, well Kathy and I will we'll watch it and we'll report back next week. Good. Uh, I did watch, uh, just so you know, I did watch The Tomorrow War. It was an okay movie. It yeah, wasn't bad. Yeah, It was fine. It wasn't bad. Oh, I, I do have a media thing to talk about, Gonzo. Oh. It's for a pre-media thing. Uh, my cousin John actually just got his first book published. I just threw a link in there. If you're interested in sci-fi, read the description. Maybe you'll like to check it out. Maybe not. It's all good either way. I just want to put it out there to uh, help my cousin. I will be reading it starting Tuesday when it releases. 
I have the Kindle version already set up. Uh, I don't know what it's about aside from sci-fi and all, and what's the blurb there, but I'm interested. So, if you're interested in that, give it a shot. I'll be talking about it probably next week, maybe the week after, depending on how far I get. I don't read as much as I used to. Um, other than that, guys, that's our show. Um, uh, already? Loki, final episode. One space herpy. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we're going to do a full spoiler. <laughs> One space herpy. Someday. Once Kathy finishes, so she won't one be. For anyone wondering, episode five of Loki, zero space herpes. But also <laughs> now we have a mission. John and I will be watching. Yes, Gunpowder gun Milkshake. milkshake and Banyan, too. Banyan's going to watch that, too. And Banyan. And... All right. Yeah. Plan. All right, guys, we appreciate everybody coming in, watching, listening. Please take care of yourself. We're going to send you, of course, off to the Pyro Club once we're done. Um, please take care of yourself. Please yes. watch out. Please yes. be safe. We want you to come back. For More Than Dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Kathy. Good night. Good night. That's our music. Good night. Good night. Good night. We're going to be raiding Pyro Club. Here it comes. <laughs> oh, you are indeed a Rathu, a Rathu. <laughs> <laughs>